everybody. Welcome to the Macabre Podcast Universe. It's a podcast that exists... To prove people wrong when they say sequels are never better than the originals. And as our lovely listeners know, we have been plowing through Keanu. We've been covering Bill and Ted. We covered The Matrix. And now here we are. We're at the end of the road. Our final Keanu episode until April, I think? Maybe May? Whenever John Wick Chapter 4 comes out. This is... Oh, that comes out That comes out in 2022? It does. Wow. And actually, uh, th- they were actually pre-pandemic and stuff. Matrix Resurrections and John Wick Chapter 4 were going to come out on the same day. Holy crap. Which would have been really a fun day at the theaters, I think. <laughs> Interesting. Um, Has, but, oh, that's go ahead. happened to an actor. Oh, I'm sure. Okay. But maybe not so iconic as those two roles are yeah. becoming you know yeah um but here we are john wick chapter three parabellum and we're going to talk about it this movie makes who, me feel a who, lot of different who ways we're going to talk about it with well we're going to talk <laughs> about it with a little man that we call a little man a little man <laughs> shane the little man O'Hara. Thanks for coming on. I don't know where that came from. <laughs> Thanks for having me. <laughs> yeah. I've never, like, I've never I gotta go. <laughs> I've never felt little in my life until this exact moment. <laughs> I don't know. I, I a was little trying man to... here to talk about a big movie. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to find something goofy to say about Shane and then I just called him little, I so guess. You decided on something that doesn't describe him at all. <laughs> yeah. Like, or he's it's least... never been a nickname. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, a, I'm pretty I'm, I'm, I'm larger than you by by a good portion. I've never been called little. I, I like it. I appreciate it. It's, it's flattering. <laughs> well, for those who are not patrons, they might be going, okay, who's this Shane guy? For For the patrons, they know that this is our classic episode, The Kid Who Would Be King, that came out last May mm-hmm. on our Patreon where we covered that very strange movie that was gifted to us by Shane. Yeah, and, and, we're and so Shane for is that. is a friend <laughs> from high school and middle school and we've known each other forever and I was thinking about this yesterday Shane. This series John Wick in particular, I think this is a quintessential had these movies come out when we were in high school, we would have watched these all the time at your house, I think. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I just remember when when what was it, Rambo Five came out, and you <laughs> yeah. and you you and your dad uh, hopped over the seats at the theater and sat down next to us. <laughs> we did. We and then did. you ate all my candy. <laughs> <laughs> why why did you wait until the movie started to do that? Well, Hop over the seat. no, we didn't. We didn't know. We we wound up going to the same showing, the O'Hara Boys and oh, the Macaw okay. Boys, and we didn't know. Oh, and so okay. we saw them, and then they didn't see us, so we like hopped over the seat to like kind of freak them out. But oh, we yeah. did literally um, like jump over the seat. <laughs> yeah, sitting there, and all of a sudden, someone jumps and sits down next, and you're like, "What the? Oh, hey, <laughs> you're here too! Wow, what, <laughs> Andy?" <laughs> and and for the listener, I want to point out uh, that Shane has a background of the chapter three poster. Yeah, and so when he turned to show himself looking 
concerned that someone sat next to him in the theater. It looked like he was just looking at the millions of guns that are around <laughs> Keanu Reeves' head. No, it's around Shane's head right now. Well, yes. <laughs> but yeah, I think... I, I also thought, like, if this movie came out when we were in high school, I probably would have, like I did, I, I missed the first John Wick when it came out, but I could have seen a world where, you know, like, I came over and you said, I just watched this movie last night, we gotta watch it tonight, and then we would have we would have been right there at the beginning of John Wick. I totally agree with you, but uh, one tangent before we get really into it, I wanted to uh, bring up I forget which episode but correct me if I'm wrong have you not seen the rush hour movies with Jackie Chan and Chris Tucker I, I've seen most of them on TV personally I've not seen them at all okay that <laughs> blows my mind because they're like those are that's a quintessential O'Hara boy movie we would throw those on just whenever you know Watching him over and over again because we love Jackie Chan and had we had yeah. some weird uh, box set of Jackie Chan movies, you know, not made <laughs> like a Walmart five dollar bin, and so that I don't know. I I feel like that should have been our set of movies too, and I heard that in a previous episode, and I was like, I gotta ask him about it because how have you not seen it? But it, I digress. Please continue. <laughs> I've never seen it, and there are three of them. So, I mean, that's certainly a series we could cover at some point. Yep. yep. If you were to cover it, it'd be a nice, uh, uh, like, uh, break in between, like, a serious movie or mm-hmm. an, another set of series that you guys do. The first two are good. Uh, that was a decade ago. Hold on. The first two, from what I remember, <laughs> over a decade ago, were great. <laughs> The third one's so-so, and the director, you know, is part of that, you know, yeah. the, whole, the whole group of uh, those who shall not be named anymore people. Yeah. Yeah, he's so. the, because we talked about him on our episode of... Uh, is it Red Dragon? Red Dragon, right? Because it's the same director? I think it is. Oh, I think that's it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But let's get to Keanu. This is the man. We love Keanu. I, I Here's what I want from you, Shane. I want to hear your experience with Keanu as an actor, as as what you view of him. And then I also want to hear your kind of thoughts on John Wick leading up to chapter three so that we mm-hmm. can then go into that. Okay. Uh, well, Keanu, I'm trying to think. I mean, the most pivotal movies that I saw him in were by far The Matrix. Uh, they mm-hmm. were, I, They were, you know mind bending and i you saw i saw the first one and then oh the second one's coming out me and my dad went you know and saw that together and then i had to see the third one to complete it and uh i just absolutely love uh, part of the reason i brought up rush hour is i love the the parkour kung fu fighting yeah that yeah that is kind of involved in the matrix and is involved yeah. in rush hour and I think you could you could sway it a little even more and call it gun core or something like that, where that's what John Wick is. It's, it's fighting with Absolutely. guns and and it's just it's it's badass. Uh, yeah, and it's fun. Absolutely. It's fun to watch. It's a ride. Um, as for other Keanu stuff, I I remember I remember Speed being great uh, mm-hmm. and loving that movie. Uh, 
thoroughly enjoyed The Lake House for some reason. Yeah, I remember really liking I'm curious if that movie holds up, but I loved I've it. I've only heard it in like pop culture, and it's always referenced as like a, this bad movie, but I've not seen this but movie. But like, I remember watching that movie and being like, oh, it's like romantic. It's got Sandra Bullock. It's great. And then it has this crazy twist. Crazy. And we need to That's watch like, it. This isn't just a romance movie. <laughs> <laughs> so i've I, I don't know that those are kind of the the main key on i'm trying to think of other his other blockbusters uh have I you mean, seen uh, bill and ted that's what i was gonna ask i have not i have not oh, yet man. and i will have to before i listen to your episode of course um it i don't know what what it is about the those movies two movies three mm-hmm. movies no, it's the three. You're doing you're doing it on your main, so it's got to be three. Yeah, um, at yeah. least. Look at this. You can tell. <laughs> you can tell Shane's a big fan. <laughs> uh, uh, I remember Point Break being great. Uh, oh, oh a, yeah, a classic. Like just your another romance movie. <laughs> hey, Pat- it's bro- Patrick Swayze it's and Keanu Reeves. Bromance, yeah. yes. Yeah. <laughs> um. I can't think of many other movies he's... Oh, actually, I take that back. Uh, have you all seen Johnny uh, Mnemonic? No. Oh, you're in Which for... Which is a tr- like a quintessential Keanu. You're in for a treat. Uh, I, I won't yeah. say... I won't go into details. That's a fun movie. That it, cool. Don't, ex- <laughs> don't expect to be blown away, but, you know, get some popcorn. You know, yeah. set it up for a, a Friday night or something. And just enjoy the spectacle that it is. Okay. <laughs> yeah, we need to do that. Um, but yeah, I mean, do than- you do you generally are, are you? Would you say you're a Keanu fan? Does it, does it excite you when he's in a movie? Or I mean, what do you think about him in that regard? I yeah, I'd say I'm a I'm a Keanu fan. I I liked him in um uh I like it when he plays kind of strange roles, like in uh, I believe it's Crazy Rich uh, Asians. The comedy movie. Uh, Is he, he in that? Yeah, he's in it as an ex-boyfriend. And the character, the way he plays it is, it's really funny. And it's really... I don't remember. Kind of, it's kind of off the wall. After this episode, Shane sent a clip from the movie. And it turns out it is a Netflix movie called Always Be My Maybe. Not Crazy Rich Asians. And he's kind of, he's this, he's this weird guy that takes himself like way too seriously. And it's, <laughs> it's, it's very perfect for the movie. And I, I, I enjoyed that, but I try and think of other movies he's in. I can't think of, can you, do you know some of his other movies off the top of your head that I'm, well, I didn't I mean, you, mention? you really hit the, you, you hit, hit the highlights. I mean, that, that, that makes sense. I mean, another big one is the day the earth stood still and Constantine. Those are two. Yeah. Pretty I, Big. I could do I could do without the day the earth stood still. I really enjoyed Constantine. I I I would say overall I I like when Keanu's in a movie. He, the the pedestal that the population has put him up on, he seems like a a genuinely a nice guy, like not yeah. a Yeah, he does. Like I really hope we never we never have to find out, like, oh, he did X, Y, and Z, and now we can't watch The Matrix anymore. You know, yeah. I hope. Yeah, I hope that never happens. Right. I know he would be a pretty devastating person for that to happen to. Oh yeah. But, um, 
Okay, cool. So now let's maybe put a little food dye in the water and let's talk a little bit about okay. what we think about. Well, well, I guess first experiences with John Wick 3. Okay. Do you want to go first? Yeah, I'll go first. Okay. Um, so the first time we saw this movie, we were amped. We watched the two movies ahead of time. This would be the... Oh, no, I saw John Wick 2 in theaters. So this... Yeah, this was the second one that I saw in theaters. And we went with Evan, Katiri, Grayson, Chloe, you and me. Yep. And it was like, everybody, we're wicking it. Let's yeah. go. And we already knew Evan didn't like Chapter 2, so we assumed he probably wouldn't like Chapter 3, but he still wanted to come. And so we go to the theater, and I just remember when he used the horse to punch the guy, I was kind of like, okay. <laughs> But I'm still tracking. I'm still tracking. And then when the, I just remember the moment where they're having, and we're we're gonna get into all of this more thoroughly. But when they're having the big fight with Halle Berry and the dogs, yeah, I just remember being like, I'm starting to get a little tired. Yeah. And then we meet the elder, and I was like, this movie is kind of going off the rails. And then he jumps off the building and survives. And I was like, what? And then. We're going to talk about that final scene. I'm going to save that. And I left the theater, and I was very, very disappointed. And I had not seen it since until last night. Mm -hmm. So I I left it saying, I was kind of like, yeah, I like it. But then as the years went on, I was kind of like, I don't like John Wick 3. But, of course, the action and the, the way the movie looks, it's still, like, better than most movies in a lot of ways. Yeah. But I was like, I don't really like the movie. Then we watched it last night, and I went from I don't like the movie to I like this movie with a with some huge issues with it though. Okay, that's me. Cool. What about you, Joj? Um, I would say pretty similar. I think the people for people who have listened to our first two episodes in the series have already determined that we might not like this movie very much. Um, but. Yeah, similar experience. Super excited when we were in theaters watching it. The action, incredible, as usual. The movie looks visually just really good. Yeah. And then, like like you, as as the movie's going, when it gets more into the, the details and the minutiae of what's happening, the more I'm starting to, like, lose it of being like, why, what, do I care? Am I supposed to care? What's going on? And then when he meets the elder... I was just like, come on, guys. What are we doing here? And and then and then the whole time too, I just wasn't sure what I thought about the adjudicator the whole time. And then and yeah. watching it last night, I still just don't know where I land on that character. But I, I do think that I did not dislike it as much as I did the first time I saw it. I think I even liked it more this time around which was relieving, and I think it's because of having being able to watch all three close together. Yeah, and I think it helps knowing that this movie is not the end of the series because the first time I saw it, I don't know why, because they never said this, that there was no, yeah. like, we're only doing one more. I just was, like, so confused when I was getting toward the end of the movie, and I'm going, they have a lot to wrap up. Like, and it already feels like we've been here for a long time. What's going on? And then it ends on... A very mild cliffhanger, but a cliffhanger no less. Yeah. And I was kind of like, what? 
that that you didn't I, end it and I then i the same way after thinking about it i'm like well they never said they were going to end it so yeah. i can't use that against them yeah <laughs> that's okay that they decided not to end it yeah but now shane take it away so <clears throat> i remember i must have seen this in theaters uh I held, and I say that in past tense, all these movies up on a shelf of they were perfect. Uh, I, <laughs> I saw nothing wrong with any of them. And then I watched the first two back to back. And uh, now that I, you know, I've listened to you guys podcast enough uh, where I'm starting to kind of ask questions from the other side and I'll explain what I mean by that. You know, in scream, you talk about, uh, Wes Craven ha- making a alternate cuts to send to the MPAA so they can, uh-huh. they can tell him what to cut. And he goes, yeah, that was dumb in the first place. I put that in there as yeah. a, like a red herring almost. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So, so what I mean by the other side, I'm, I'm starting to ask questions like, uh, in, in this case, if you look at one and then you look at two, you go, okay, what were the major notes that were probably passed uh, to the directors? And mm-hmm. the first thing is, they're like, all right, the first one's great, but you have to introduce colors. There needs to be more color. <laughs> yeah. I, I want daytime. I want I want reds. I want blues. I don't want just black and green. Like, you can have that, uh-huh. but there needs to be more color. So it, you kind of watch that. And like, okay, that's funny. And then... Between two and three, they're like, all right, so two was good, but you now need to take it up another level and do some crazy stuff in three. And we'll get into some of the crazy stuff, but it's mm-hmm. just like, I I feel like he's they're almost jumping the shark a little bit. They're starting to, mm-hmm. they're starting to get there, and I, I don't like it. I mean, you could have kept it at one level and introduced colors only, and... <laughs> <laughs> And you, I feel like you could have been fine, but then you start adding this. There's mysticism to it. There's yeah. there's CGI horses to it. <laughs> there's yeah yeah. And then there's some there's some plot lines that, as we'll get into, they don't make a whole lot of sense. And I feel yeah. like uh, I'd like to get your guys' kind of opinion on this, but with with like a with a book series like Lord of the Rings or Harry Potter, Mm -hmm. you have like a start and end goal almost uh, where you can interchange some of the, the ideas, uh, but you have a basic framework with these John Wick movies. It feels like uh, I remember reading an article a while back where, where Keanu was like, yeah, as long as the fans want these movies, I'll keep making them, you know, we could do five Mm -hmm. or six or seven. So it feels like they don't have a framework. So they're making up. Yeah making it up as they go and it's uh creates some weird spots in these movies. So all of that said, after after rewatching them, I love these movies. I think they're a whole lot of fun. We'll get into the details as to why, but there are some weirdness parts to them that just they don't sit well. And hopefully yeah. F- yeah. If 4 is not the end, hopefully it can at least tie you know bring it back to to some some basic framework and yeah wherever the end you mean is like like kind of bring it down to like a more personal level maybe yeah yeah kind of this movie gets loose pretty quick <laughs> it, it does man 
Well, it's, yeah, that's very funny that you mention that because um, there are rumors that they are are filming two of them right now, but we don't know for sure. So mm-hmm. it would be like John Wick 4 and then next year John Wick 5. Okay. I'm, I'm, I don't hate that because maybe they're they're trying to tell a, a broader story and it makes sense yeah. to do two movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also hmm. am not... I don't know how you two feel. You've heard probably rumors about the Continental, the TV show. The TV show, yeah. With Mel, I, yeah, that's with a Mel little Gibson. like. <laughs> what? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Are you serious? I'm. I'm serious. I heard that. Yeah, I saw. <laughs> I saw a few articles that they. Uh, they. They got Mel Gibson to be involved, and quote unquote fans were outraged by that. <laughs> <laughs> I I can he is not gonna be there by the time they start filming right you know this is like this is like when Disney announces a Star Wars movie and you're like give it two months and they'll cancel that movie <laughs> it's like yeah I know you announced it but uh, he ain't walking on set he would it, it, and and this I I I don't want to sound you know I don't know it's just he actually I could see him in this world really well. It's just he's pretty problematic these days, and so it, yeah. it's just like I, I think your time I think is you done. Can find someone else, yeah, who also fits within that world, who's not problematic. Absolutely, absolutely. But <clears throat> that's funny. I, I did not know about the Mel Gibson connection there. Um, yeah, it's wild. <laughs> <laughs> yeah the the other thing that I'll preface before we get into more detailed get into the details is that. I sort of almost feel like if this movie was, uh, uh, you know, the first movie, I guess. If if this was just a random movie mm-hmm. and I stumbled mm-hmm. across John Wick 3 without the attachment to the other two movies, I think I would tell everyone that they have to watch this movie. I, I think I agree with that. It is because of the first one being so simple with like like a hint of something more, but they don't go further with it. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It's just now that I've seen all three of them again so close together, it's like, oh, I think I just want that. Yeah. Because, yeah, by itself, I mean, this movie is like sort of like the story kind of sucks a little bit, I think. But but if I stumbled across it without my connection to the previous two movies, I would just be like, guys, if you want to see a kick-ass action movie, you got to watch this movie. It's a cut above the rest. Yeah. But because the other two are even more of a cut above it it is a bit of a letdown yeah so you want to you want to dive in on actors i feel like i've been talking quite a bit sure um so i went into keanu again to see i mean this is this is the keanu pod right now yeah so leading up to this he's was in movies such as a happening of monumental proportion proportions swedish dicks which is a show that he's in 13 episodes of whoa and then he's in Destination Wedding, Replicas, which I remember seeing trailers for that and just being like, come on, guys, that looks so <laughs> yeah, yeah. bad. And then he did this movie, Siberia, that I just wanted to read the premise of, because when you see the cover of Siberia, it looks like, oh, some, Keanu's on it, it's snowing, he's probably in Siberia, some dude is getting his revenge. <laughs> yeah. And the premise is, when an American diamond trader's Russian partner goes missing, hmm? He journeys to Siberia in search of him, but instead begins a love affair. 
Whoa. What what are the genres on this thing? Um, Right there at the top. Right there at the top. Above the... Oh. Oh, no. Stop, stop. Crime, romance, thriller. Yeah. (laughs) It's like... like, I mean, the movie has just abysmal ratings, but it's like, maybe the casting is really good because of John Wick. You know? Like, you expect one thing and you get another. Uh, (laughs) But then... um, (laughs) <laughs> following i just did a couple things following um john wick three uh-huh. what comes right after that is the spongebob squarepants movie sponge on the run and yeah. then uh toy story four. Oh, that's right yes um and then halle berry is also in this i really only highlighted the things that she did right leading up to this movie because it's, it's guys it's halle berry you know who this is but she's in kingsman gold circle kings kidnapped and most recently bruised and then no, now can we sidebar for a second yeah. on Halle Berry? So Halle Berry is a wonderful actor who rules, but I think you know post her being a Bond girl, and then being a Bond girl. Yeah, she's in um. Yeah. Which one is she in? Uh, the world is not enough. Uh, it's the or last Brosnan one. It's the last Pierce Brosnan one. Um, oh, I didn't know that. Tomorrow never dies. I think tomorrow never. I think tomorrow never dies. Yeah, so she's in that movie. She's in some great movies, and she's oh, yeah. uh, sorry, great. Sorry, hold on, hold on. I'm I'm disappointed in both of us because we've seen, <laughs> we sat through every we single all of them. We sat through every single Bond movie, and we couldn't figure out that it's Die Another Day. That's <laughs> I don't know. Had how to you couldn't figure it out. The most recent like... one. There was no time to die. <laughs> yeah, which we're okay. We need to pause. Uh, it's okay. Halle Berry, but we're going to come back to James Bond because I actually don't know what Shane thinks about it, and I'm sure our audience will enjoy hearing about that uh, as well. I'm not going to let your audience down. I haven't seen it yet. You oh. haven't seen it yet? I haven't seen it yet. Okay. So we'll just leave that cliffhanger for another time. Yeah. Okay, well, I I can't wait to hear what you think of it when you see it. You'll have to text me. Um, <laughs> okay, so with Halle Berry, though, she, you know, she's in Catwoman. Yep. The, the solo movie Catman. Catwoman, Woman. yeah. And I think, you know, that sort of kills her career for a long time. Oh, does it really? <laughs> I've never seen it. Well, I mean... Oh, what, it's a notoriously it, bad it, movie. No, it is one of the best superhero movies out there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad that I can see your face, Shane. <laughs> I, believe, I believe she got a Razzie for it and gave a speech, like a pretty prominent speech about uh, it being such a horrible film and... It, it, like boosting her career in some sarcastic tone. Uh, oh, yeah. So the the movie kind of puts her down for a while, and I feel like this is a really good role for her in this movie because it it feels like the kind of thing where where like when I was watching the movie, I'm going, oh yeah, where's Halle Berry been? And then you yeah. go, I'd like to see her in more stuff. And so I I hope that this movie is the beginning of maybe a little Halle Berry coming back and being in more stuff because she's, she's great never stopped working though she you, you just don't watch things that she's in well and they're not very popular is what i know because mean as well oh she's in a lot of bad movies like the one of the last halle berry movies i saw was the call which was been a long time now yeah but gosh i hated that movie so much and yeah she it's just, she's a very interesting career i think she's really good in this movie too yeah and i i just hope that it leads to her career getting a little bit better Anyway, yeah, Halle Berry. Um, and then Mark DeCoscos 
Uh, he is in Brotherhood of the World. Um, this is the guy that plays Zero, the guy that tells keeps saying that him and John are the same. Um, yeah. He's also in Only the Strong, Double Dragon, One Night in Bangkok. He's a very big martial arts actor. Makes sense. That tracks. And then Asia Kate Dillon plays the Adjudicator. They're in Orange is the New Black, Billions, Fast and Furious, Crossroads, and um, Master of None, although that was like not an actual role, but still probably beginning of their career. Okay. Place. And then Angelica Huston's in this movie, which I forgot about. Yeah. So she's in The Witches, The Grifters, 50-50, Ever After a Cinderella Story, Adam's Family, uh, and Darjeeling Limited, among so many other things. I love her. And then um, Jason Manzukis <laughs> is in this movie. Um, which he's the is, dink dink man. He's the dink dink man. Um, <laughs> for those of you who don't know, just listen to any comedy bang bang. Post John Wick. Post John Wick, and you'll understand that. So, and that's, I wrote CBB. <laughs> he's also in the league. And I watched a lot of that show. And that was the first time I ever saw Jason Manzukis. And he's introduced as, I don't know if you've seen it, Shane. But he, oh, yes. <laughs> okay, yeah, he's introduced as that guy that like, <laughs> they're like considering putting him in their fantasy football league, but he is such a train wreck of a person. And I hated him so much. He, he was like, his acting was so good about being the kind of person that you hate. And it's just so fun to find out who he is as a person on Comedy yeah. Bang Bang. <laughs> um, and then uh, Jerome Flynn plays the guy in Morocco where they have the little like talk with. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> so he is in Black Mirror, Game of Thrones, Loving Vincent, and Ripper Street. Ripper Street. I bet that's about Jack the Ripper. It is. The one and only. Um, okay, so we've hit that. Now let's talk a little bit of trivia here. The movie is directed by Chad Stahelski again. The story is by Derek Kolstad along with the screenplay. And now here's where it gets interesting. Chapter one and chapter two are solo screenplay and story credits by Derek Kolstad. This one, he shares it with three other people. Why? I didn't see a reason why they just have three other people. So one of the one of the per persons people <laughs> one of the people's <laughs> name is Chris Collins and he has written a lot of The Wire, Star Wars, Clone Wars and the show Man in the High Castle. So, Sounds like a great screenwriter. And, and but uh, I'm saying it right now, too many cooks. Pretty high concept. Yes. Okay. Mark Abrams is also a writer on this and this confused me. Because, okay, he's a, he was a big writer on the Bernie Mac show. Okay, cool. Mm -hmm. And he also did a lot of episodes of an HBO show called Entourage. Yeah. Which could be a bit of a red flag right there. Entourage Why? is famously a very stupid show. Successful show, though. Successful, yeah. but also <laughs> think about Entourage compared to John Wick. Yeah, yeah. Mm, yeah, especially, it's... it's yeah. It, it's com comedic comedic i think that's yeah. the word i'm looking for so <laughs> yeah i i felt like this john this john wick chapter three had elements of comedy in it which was uh it's like the first one was super dark the second one gets a little lighter and then this one's got some like just plain like straight up jokes that don't necessarily yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's work got some weird cheese cheesiness yeah. yeah and then finally we have 
who I'm going to put as maybe the culprit. Oh. Of this movie. Well, I mean, you know, one of the culprits. I think this person may have suggested some bad ideas, possibly. We have the screenwriter, Shay Hattie, who wrote a movie called Army of the Dead. Oh, brother. <laughs> yeah. Yep, that's it. That's it right there. <laughs> Case closed. A movie that for our listeners, Jordan and I thought, you know what? This seems kind of fun. It's it's a zombie bank robbing movie directed by Zack Snyder. We know it's going to at least look good. We get 40 minutes in. Starring Dave Bautista. And we're like, we don't have to watch oh, two and a half hours plus of this, though. The movie was so boring. We didn't um, finish it. Um, uh, I, I don't mean to, to, to jump on your fun, but uh, are you going to continue with Shay Hatton and what, what else they wrote that is connected that to was... Army of the Dead? Well, I see that they wrote the upcoming Army of Thieves. Oh, it's out. It's, it's out? out? Yeah, it's, it's out. It's out on Netflix. Let me tell you. How did they do that so fast? Because the movie, if you watched Army of Thieves, it doesn't involve a whole lot. It's 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 no good. It's just... It's and just, doesn't it take place before the zombie apocalypse? Yes. Well... Sort of. It takes place. It takes place before the Army of Dead. Uh, the the zombie apocalypse is going on, and you get uh, you get news footage of it, and that's the complete connection. Oh. Other than the German guy, uh, who's the safe cracker. Yeah. Wow. So it's, is it as bad as I'm imagining it is? Yeah. Yeah. It it doesn't make is it any- more boring than Army of the Dead. Uh. Toss up, arguably. Uh, <laughs> it doesn't make. Folks, any- I don't think we're going to be covering that on our podcast. If they make a third one, it's such a bummer one. of a movie because I love zombies, and they were doing some interesting concepts. Concepts with the zombies, cool, but at the end of the day, why am I going to sit here for over two and a half hours to watch it? Just yeah. eat some brains. I watched it twice because I thought I missed something. And let me tell you, <laughs> I, I didn't. I didn't miss anything. Uh, it is. Whew, you, you guys are lucky. You stopped at forty minutes. <laughs> yeah. I just wonder if people who are fan who who still today are watching Walking Dead. Yeah. Love this movie because I feel like maybe it's for that audience. I don't know. Well, and I mean, Zack Snyder has a very fervent fan base. He does, and that's that- why he can make such long movies. Yeah, and and he's a very bloated filmmaker. Like it or dislike it, I don't think anyone is disputing he makes movies that are long. Yeah. And in some cases, like I will grant, even though I don't like either of these movies at all, the Zack Snyder Justice League movie is like 400% better than the theatrical cut. And part of that is because you had time to actually understand what was happening. (laughs) So it can work in his favor, but it did take me five different sittings to watch that whole thing. And that is strike three immediately for me. <laughs> um, okay, so there's that. We got the same cinematographer, same music. The movie comes out May 17th, 2019. It has a $75 million budget, so we are more than twice the budget of the first movie. Nice. Uh, it makes $171 million domestically, and it makes 325 worldwide. That's a big thumbs up from studios. Then 
Here we go. Just a couple of nice little Halle Berry trivias here. Okay. She heard that they were making a movie and they needed a female assassin. She contacted them and she was like, I want in. And they said... And when Halle Berry calls you and says that she wants in, you let her in. Well, they were, they were like, yeah, well, we're still working on the script. We don't know what it is yet. And she's like... We'll let you know when we have a we have a part. And she said, "No, no, no. I'm not like asking. I'm telling you, I want in. I don't no care what, what the part is. Get me in that movie." Wow. And in doing so, when she's rehearsing for the movie, getting in shape and stuff, of course, she breaks three ribs. Of course, naturally. And then she spends uh, what was it? I got to get the exact. Um, she spends three hours a day, four days a week with dog training and getting to know the dogs. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah. That's a lot of time. That makes sense. So, that makes sense, though. Those I mean, You get those dogs trained like that. I mean, yeah. do, doing all those stunts at you know, as a dog, like, that. those scenes were really fun. We'll get to it, but those scenes were really fun for me with the dogs. That yeah. Is. yeah. I like the dog stuff. Okay. So, we ready? We jumping in the pool? Yes. Let's go. So, the movie begins. And basically mere minutes after the first, the second movie. Yeah. Love when a movie starts immediately after the second one. Yeah. Like Harold and Kumar go to Guantanamo, escape Guantanamo Bay. Great. A, a classic, Comparison. classic Shane household movie. So when are you guys going to be covering that series on your podcast? <laughs> <laughs> hey, there are three of them. Um, so... But first of all, there is an opening credit sequence, and Jordan and I made a joke for anyone that's listened to our Chapter 2 episode. We imagine that our guest, Evan Coons, started rolling his eyes right off the bat. Like, literally one <laughs> second into the movie. <laughs> and so uh, we see Keanu. Go ahead. Well, I was going to say, uh, do you mean the imagery of the... the yeah. Uh, the ro- uh, the, uh, what do they call them? Oh, man, I should know this. The rosary? The, the rosary, thank you. I thought it was rosemary, and I was like, that's a cooking thing (laughs) 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 i'm like i gotta stop thinking about food (laughs) (laughs) all of the lore stuff it's like oh yeah he's out yeah yeah and Um, then the the marker and just like it's mm -hmm. in the coins and it's uh Mm -hmm. yeah very boring to watch in my opinion (laughs) (laughs) i mean i'm i'm into it i'm fine with this because it's kind of like okay let's go john wick we see the New York skyline. We see Lady Liberty herself. And, of course, everyone stands up in the theater. We Say the Pledge do of the Allegiance. Pledge of Allegiance. <laughs> yeah. And the, the movie pauses, lets us do that. Then we sit down. Then they play Proud to be an American. We stand back up. <laughs> we do that. And then it plays the next scene, which but is first, New York. And then first, we all pause. <laughs> because the fireworks start going off, right? You know? In yeah, the theater. Yeah. The, yeah, exactly. the The ceiling actually comes off. They've, they Tinseltown big changes at Tinseltown. Yeah, you need to they go again. They can remove the roof now, so you can see the fireworks. And then, they, oh, and, then and then of course the Blue Angels fly <laughs> over. <laughs> it's quite an expensive production, but Tinseltown yeah. is really doing it these days. I know, but and they did it all. You know, this is, movie came out in 2019. I mean, this is like we're right ready for COVID. Yeah. We're getting close to it. We're getting close. And then, not to try and top the jokes we've already done, but it, it's actually a little bit lackluster because after all the fireworks go off, they close the 
you know, the roof. We all sit down. They pause the movie when he's in Times Square running with his dog. And then, of course, we stand up and we hear New York, New York by Frank Sinatra. Yeah. And then someone says, play ball. And then the movie plays. <laughs> Which actually yeah. might explain why we didn't like the movie the first time. Because that was two and a half hours. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was very distracting. Long fireworks show. <laughs> um, okay, so he... So he's he, navigating and running with his dog. He's got he's like Times 20 Square. minutes. And it keeps cutting back to the 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 women who do all of the hits. What is it? The operators. Uh, yeah, operators. The ad- administration. Yes, that's yeah. what it is. Yeah. And we see in, in Times Square, they're playing another scene from The General, like the first the second movie starts. Oh, I think the, I missed that. The Buster Keaton movie. Cool. I so noticed that, and I didn't... Uh, I didn't know. Do you know why the general? I I noticed the the Buster Keaton, but I was like, why? What's the relevance of this? What's the significance? Where where is this? Am I just missing some kind of weird joke that is going right over my no. head? So so in the in the second movie, they played a clip from the general as well. That's when the train one. Yeah, it's the train one, and they shot a lot of it in Cottage, or they shot it in Cottage Grove. Yeah. Um. Oh, didn't know but that. But Buster Keaton was like this comedian but like more than that he was a kind of a stunt performer so these movies like the general which if you haven't seen the general shane watch the general it's nuts he he just he <laughs> does a lot of stunts that for the time it's like i don't think they're testing it this isn't safe this isn't legal. he's just doing it There's oh, like, I, insurance isn't a thing i've seen cuts you know who he is y- yeah, yeah i've seen you know like youtube gif cuts whatever where yeah. it's just like a part of a building's falling down and it falls over yeah. him and he's happens to be standing in the window <laughs> and you're like right right that, i don't i don't care how many times you tested that like couple couple inches off something happens that's yeah. coming straight down on him yeah like yeah uh, yeah it it's the the general in particular is i i've I, I think i've actually only seen two of his movies but the general is is probably his most famous and it's it's kind of insane the stunts that they do and and because it's old timey, and the way it's shot and stuff, you're just like it. It looks so. It oh yeah, that's out. that's just what they did back then. Is how it feels when you're watching it. And you have to remind yourself, like, no, he almost died just now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I think the filmmakers putting this in both movies is them kind of being like, we're doing stunts, and here's like an American stunt artist that we look up to. Yeah. Gotcha. So. Okay, so he is running around, and he eventually gets into a cab, and he pays the cab driver to take the, his dog to the Continental. Yep. And They've upped the bounty to $14 million. Winston yes. says, he says, uh, $14 million, uh, million dollar bounty, every interested party is after him. I'd say the odds are about even. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. He, so... When does oh he goes to the library? That's what he goes to the library. Oh, I'll keep going. Sure. Yeah. Uh, he goes to the library. (laughs) He asks the librarian for a specific Russian book uh, that she tells him where to go. Um, this is something that I'm just now thinking of. So, and that is just a fun thought. Why did he need to ask her where it was when he was the one who put the book there? I know books can get (laughs) shifted around, but like. I'm, assur- I'm assuming like a classic Russian book that yeah, I'm ass- that no one's checking out. Yeah, because it's his be personal. It's a safety deposit box, basically. Yeah. Yeah, it, it actually doesn't make any sense why he would need to ask. But for it's it. fine. It's fine. 
we can it's move fine. on. It's yeah. I, it's, <laughs> that's part of the problem with this movie is there's too many of those little details. You're like, that doesn't. <laughs> yeah. All right, let's uh, fighting ensues with a giant man who. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, in the in the box he has a he gets a gun, right? Yeah, some coins, some coins, a marker. A marker, and there's a picture of him and his wife, which he keeps in the book. And the now, rosary. <laughs> and the, the rosary. rosary. Yes. Yeah. Now, here's what is kind of funny. So in in chapter two, you know, he goes and he gets his car, and that's a great sequence. He he then he pulls out of the car, there's the letter from his wife. And yeah. it's a nice little moment where you go, Okay, I get it. Yeah. And in this movie, they keep on, like, talking about his wife, and I'm just like, I don't buy it. I don't buy that that's your motivation right now. Not anymore. Like, it, I think it's kind of okay to just be like, I'm just surviving at the moment, but especially later when they say, you know, I want to get out of this so I can remember her. He doesn't want to die so he can remember her. Yeah, it's just like, okay. I, well, I don't know. It At one point towards the end, which we'll get to, Winston weaponizes, like... Do you want to your you know your wife's like memory to be about you coming back into the fold or or yeah and it's oh kind of, yeah it's kind of like what <laughs> like yeah, I, I agree with you I don't I don't buy it at this point like the f- the first couple movies you're like yeah it's all about his wife and then at this point you're like dude you're just surviving you're I don't know. and it's okay if that's all it is yeah <laughs> yes but, and I I also think like. <laughs> Bring, bringing up his wife in this movie, it makes me kind of feel like, well, he kind of turned his back on his wife because he just shouldn't have taken that marker and he should have died in chapter two. Like the way that they keep reminding you. And so it's kind of like, yeah, if he really wanted to respect his wife, he wouldn't be in this anymore. Okay, quick question before, because you, you, ju- you just mentioned it. He took, Winston gives him a marker in chapter two. Do you remember that? Yeah. He goes, you might need this someday. Yeah. Is that coming up in the next couple of movies, you think, or never? Oh, like like Winston. Oh, yeah. Like, was it in a way that Winston... Like, like Winston trying? gave him a marker for he him. Gave him. He gave him a gray one, hmm. which is different from the marker mm-hmm. in the book, which is much more colorful. I think it was gold and blue. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, and that marker he uses for Halle Berry. Right. Yeah. Right. That... That makes sense, but it's you see yeah. the plot hole I'm getting at it, it, from the second <laughs> right. one. You're like, what the? What was the point of that? Uh, Interesting. Yeah, hopefully, they'll use it in the next one. Food for thought, but we can continue. Sorry to interrupt. Yeah, <laughs> see, yeah. Sometimes it is like you watch it and you think about that, and it's like they forgot, right? And then you watch the next movie, and it's like maybe they put it in then, and it's like, but they forgot until now, right? <laughs> <laughs> yes <laughs> that's how it feels sometimes but yeah he he fights the the giant man no okay let me cut in i'm sorry yeah. but so he gets a book it's like a russian fables or something like that yeah. or russian you know um folk tales and i think this is cool mm-hmm. because he then so he gets a thing of children's stories fables folk tales and then he fights a giant oh yeah that is interesting so I thought that was. I wonder a if there's a cool... Russian fable about something similar. Yeah. So I really liked that part, and and I found out that that guy he's a he's a basketball player NBA. Yes, he is. His name's Boban Marjanovic, and he's Serbian. Oh. He plays. <gasps> he might be in Ser- the that Serbia movie. <laughs> 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 yeah, he. I think it right now is doing a commercial for Goldfish. 
Really? Yeah, I get ads for it. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's uh, yeah, he does really good in this movie. I I just assumed he was like a stunt guy. Yeah, he was good. I I think it was good too. Where uh, it was just interesting. Where John's like, "Time's not up yet. Are you sure you want to make this mistake?" And so this guy is just like, "I'm gonna get the money either way. No one's gonna know that yeah. you died ten minutes early." So, um, but obviously. John kills him with a book. He kills him by punching his head on a propped up book on his neck. After like breaking his jaw almost clean off. Now, just for the record, folks, I am 100% tracking and in this movie right now. You know what I mean? No. Mm -hmm. I, I, oh, yeah. This is great. And and I, I did, didn't realize I did actually put down that in that Russian book, uh, it, it includes the first known written tales of Baba Yaga. Oh, cool. okay. Yeah, I so like that's that. pretty cool. <clears throat> so then he he's been is it he the the giant stabs him right in the shoulder mm-hmm. stabs him in the shoulder and so he he has to go to the keymaker from the Matrix and he goes to his place. Oh, you're the, right. It is the keymaker, isn't it? <laughs> it yeah. is the keymaker. Yeah, it, it is actually him, and I'm not just being. Uh, no, it really is face him. blind or anything, no, it is. right? A racist? No. no, it is. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Fantastic. And he's in the he's in the first one as well. The first John Wick. He he patches him up in that movie too at the Continental. In his hotel room. Oh, that's right. Okay. It's Yeah. Continue though, please. So so he goes to his place and I, I all of all of the stuff with like the first hour of of him being attacked and stuff, I am like, this is awesome. No, yeah, I'm I'm tracking this still. I remember being in the theaters and being like, go. Go, go. And even <laughs> last time we were watching it, I was like, go, go, go. <laughs> and I re- like this idea where they're Oh, go ahead. Go well, ahead. I just I really liked with with the doctor the whole times counting down and Yes, it's like, so good. And he's like, You got five seconds and then he's like, stop and he yells at him and it's like, You can't you can't fix me. I have to do this my like they'll know, everyone will <sighs> know. And and even even when uh, he's looking at the meds on the wall. He's like, uh, fourth from the right, top shelf, or yeah. And then, <laughs> then he then he hands it. You know, he has the gun, and he goes, "They'll never, they're not, they'll never believe I didn't help you with the meds. They they know." Oh, I know. Yeah. What? <laughs> it's like you gotta put. Yeah, one, that was good. You gotta put one here. Don't nick this, and before he can finish what he's saying, he gets shot. Uh huh. <laughs> they'll never believe the first shot. It's like, what is going on? Put one here, but don't nick my collar. Bam! <laughs> Just before you can yeah. finish it again. <laughs> Such a nice touch. Yeah. And so then Wick's out. Time is up. And he gets chased by some more assassins, of course. He breaks into, like, a museum of weapons, which, okay, I love that. <laughs> mm-hmm. And he spends this time, he, he, he like, gets an antique gun, Yep. Pulls it all apart because it's, you know, something about it isn't working. I don't really understand guns that much, but I get that. And then he puts it back together and clicks it, clicks it, clicks it, make sure it has the seven rounds or whatever, puts one bullet in it, shoots the guy who walks in like the moment later from and, the hip. Yeah. While a guitar comes in and it plays like a kind of westerny theme. Yeah. <laughs> and then he leaves so, the gun. And then he just grabs the next gun. <laughs> so did you get did you did you get the the homage there that they were going for so there's a it, 
it's a scene there's i think it's a combination of scenes because i think it's outlaw josie wales is the movie but the the main one is the good the bad and the ugly and the ugly or, uh-huh. or tuco he goes into uh, he goes into a, a gun shop and it's it's almost the exact same box full of guns and he sits there oh. and he starts taking them apart and putting different pieces together. He holds the gun up to his head and he clicks it, clicks it, clicks it. Then he puts it to the, oh. the gun shopkeeper's head and clicks it. And it's a little different there, but also at the same time in, uh, I think, the outlaw Josie Wales. And I might be mistaken on my Clint Eastwood movie, but there's a scene where uh, he's in the bathtub and... Uh, he takes his gun apart to clean it and then he starts putting it back together and it's taking forever and you hear people coming up uh, uh, up the mm-hmm. stairs and it builds a sense of tension and the minute the minute the door opens he happens to complete putting the gun back together and shoots the guy now I love that in this movie okay but this is the first scene where I think it starts to lose me because he spends oh no that's early. Yeah, it's the only problem. Like I, I lo- it's not the only problem. Uh, it's one of the problems. But I love the scene. But at the same time, he spends all that time putting it together, and then one shot. Even though there's more, there's more ammo. Yeah, and then he leaves the gun. Like, what the heck's going on? Yeah, yeah, that is something where it's like, hope maybe the filmmakers are like, hopefully people are wrapped up in the moment and they kind of forget about it, or or you know, like the it's, logic it's not, of what's happening. Yeah, just not thinking about what you would do or something. Right. Fair enough. Cause, Cause actually easily. The I next, haven't thought about that. The next scene kind of helps erase it completely where they're in. Oh my gosh. They're, yeah. They're in the hallway and it's knives galore, baby. <laughs> this is probably my favorite action scene of the whole movie, which is kind of a bummer. Cause this is the beginning of the movie. Um, yeah. But I it think is, it's my favorite too. The one word the whole time I'm just like yelling. Cause <laughs> Because of the knives and some of it sticking in the people, some of the just the butts of the knives are hitting people. Like you <laughs> yeah, don't yeah. know what's gonna hit. I actually really like that about this scene. Is not every single knife hit its mark, and like it's mm-hmm. yeah, it showed some realism to it. Where like if you, I don't know if you guys have ever for fun went and thrown knives at a wall or something, but if you have, you know that unless you are skilled, <laughs> like. It's you're not gonna hit it every time, but even this, yeah, yeah. you've got skilled assassins and they're hitting each other with butts of knives and yeah, it's just wild. So good, it's so cool. And and There's I also think them. it's like sort of, I like how they use the camera a lot because they just station it on either side of the hallway. They don't try and do any shots that are they on the side him, of the hallway. And they compose it in such a way that it's like, I don't know that I've ever seen these kind of angles before in a fight like this. Yeah. It's so refreshing. And then, of course, he stabs a man in the eye, full view. Oh, gosh. Yeah. And it looks good. Yeah. It totally holds up. I, I don't know about and you, And then he two. throws... I don't know, but sorry. Yeah. Uh, the, the throwing of the knives, you know, fun. Don't get me wrong. Love it. Could not... Uh, uh, feel any different about it when he stabs the guy in the head and then repeatedly hits <gasps> yeah oh gosh yes. yeah that and the eye stab <laughs> i was sitting there like oh my stomach's starting to turn a yes. little bit i don't care about him yeah, throwing he, knives but yeah i think the stabbing in the top of the skull which is like nearly impossible <laughs> for like a normal person can't do that 
Like, like uh, when, uh, that's probably hurts worse to watch than the eye thing for me because of the sheer force that takes to do that to a person. Yeah. It's oh. so awesome. And then, and then when he throws the hatchet, Oh my the gosh. Guy, <laughs> insane. Just yeah. right. Yeah. He's got his hands over his head and he hucks it. It's so good. Um, and then now we're on to the horse stuff. The horse kick. Here's what I think about the horse kick. Now, w- would it be bad if I called my sister right now and asked her if that's possible and that was it? No. Go, hold on. Just just hold on a second. This is my thing about the horse kick. It it's I just think don't put this in the movie. If you can't make it look real. Yeah. There's no business in it being in the movie because I, I understand when you have action movies and each one needs to be like different setting, even a different type of movie a little bit. Like I get that, but you don't need this because it doesn't look as good as everything else. Yeah. It's almost like when they were maybe had their first cut of the movie and they're going through it and they're trying to figure out things that they need to cut out. It's like, how come you didn't cut out this? Yeah. Is how I feel about it. And Some why? It, mostly the kicking. And why did they do it? multiple times i think at least twice yeah i yeah i think so yeah i think that's another weird thing is there's a few of those moments where it's like if you did it once whatever whatever but yeah i think they kick i think it's actually three kicks and it's just like that's a lot of kicks and and it just doesn't really make sense i don't think that's possible to like aim a horse I mean, I know we're talking about fantasy. And you mean this specifically is... you slap a horse on the butt and it kicks someone in the face. Yeah. Like, it is I understand sort of getting cool, a horse though, when to I kick. Think about but... <laughs> <laughs> but like, yeah, I, I don't. Yeah. If you want to call your sister, you can. Let's just do it because it would be funny. This we'll see the, if she answers. The time she doesn't answer. I do like the the part. I mean, it just hurts so bad to watch when he gets the, the a rope around that guy's neck and he starts riding the horse. That hurt. Oh yeah, that was that was not uh, like uh, it's like I was just like, are we gonna see this guy's head get ripped off his body? I'm kind of glad that I thought that ended as soon as he turned a corner. You know, like he gets the guy gets yeah. thrown into a wall. You're like, oh, okay, I could do that. Yeah, it's like that. We didn't see anything anything get dismembered on that. Yeah, if they would have carried carried that body for the next i think it's another five or so minutes ten minutes uh-huh. tops of him on that horse and the body's just there the entire time <laughs> it's like, the only reason like yeah because i couldn't re- quite remember what happened with that i'm like is he just gonna ride through the streets of new york city like this as like a as like an omen to everyone else who's looking on of a don't come at me oh wow that would be a that that, that right violent. there is a different movie <laughs> yeah Rebecca did not answer. Ah, so sad sorry, times. Rebecca. <laughs> but and, and that, so folks, what? is where we will end the podcast. See you next time. <laughs> <laughs> so here's one thing I do like about this movie, it, and and it, even though it definitely gets into like an element of being a little too over the top for me, you know, we have this gunslinger moment where he shoots from the hip, does the bullet. We have him riding a horse, and it's like. They're like, hey, guys, this is a Western set in New York City. Kind of. Like an yeah. homage. I like that element of it. Yeah. And then it feels like, especially because the back half is much more samurai-ish, yeah. it feels like they're also kind of saying, but we all know 
that Westerns really came from Japan and the samurai stories and Akira Kurosawa movies with Seven Samurai. Yeah. And so it feels like this movie's kind of like, this is our love letter to both of those genres that we really like. I, I think so, too. And I, I like that element a lot about this movie. Mm-hmm. But, again, if the movie was divorced from the John Wick Wickiverse, I think I would like it a little more. Yeah. So, now he's at the Russian Ballet. Okay. And this is when Angelica Huston comes in. Yeah. He, has, he gives him his rosary, his belt, and I think his marker before he goes in. And then when he goes in, there's a ballerina uh ballerina ing <laughs> and she is doing ballet dancing <laughs> yeah <laughs> and um angelica huston is the director of whatever this production is going to be and he comes up to her and he's spe- uh, speaking to her um and then so okay so he basically is asking her for help and she's like why the cuss would you come here and ask for help i will die just by you talking to me and this is when we learned i believe that he's from Belarus. And he's like an orphan. Yeah. So in like this this Russian organization. Like he's just trained in this Russian world. Yeah, like like all the girls do ballerina, all the boys do wrestling. I'm sure in between all that, they're learning martial arts and are all going to be assassins is what I take from it. Is that, and everyone gets tattoos. Yeah, is that... Is that yeah, that jives. Shane's nodding. Yeah, yeah, no, that, that that's exactly, it was very much, uh, the women do this, the men do that, and they're all under my control. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then they're going to become so, assassins, so. Mm-hmm. My confusion, and maybe this is too much, but we have these markers, we have these coins, and then we have the rosary, and the rosary the t- basically kind of serves the same purpose as the marker. Yeah, the ticket. I, I mean, I guess it's for passage. It's a ticket. Well, it sounds like... It just kind of felt like a I, hat on a hat. This is Oh, it does. This <laughs> is what I think it is, is this Russian organization, this mob, basically, I'm assuming, like, immigrates all of these orphan children to America where they take care of them, but also they're going to be assassins. And when they're graduated, they're given a rosary. And on any day where they might need help, they can call on their their mother Mm -hmm. to help him with this one thing. That's how it feels to me. Yeah. Well, so it's a marker. (laughs) I mean, it is. It's a hat on a hat. Like you said, Mike. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I just want to make sure I wasn't being like over the top thinking that, but I do like that. They, it's fun that she's like, he says, you know, I want to go to Morocco and the, and she says, fine, you know, after being like, no, I could never do that for you, John Wick. And then she's like, okay, sure. And then she goes, but I got to tear your ticket. So she tears the rosary, breaks mm-hmm. it, and then hands the crucifix to, or I suppose it's just a cross, not a crucifix. Jesus is on it. Oh, he is? I think so. Oh, okay. Um, hands the crucifix to this guy, and he He's puts not. it in a fire, and then they brand mm-hmm. the back of John Wick. Love that. Upside down. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. And then he's off to Morocco. What I do like about both of these last movies, maybe probably even the first, I just can't remember at this moment. No, the the two and three, they don't show us him traveling. 
Yeah. Because they could very easily be like, on the way on the plane, there was this whole plane fight, which I know the action would have been cool. Now, we do need a plane fight, I'm realizing. I'm sure sure we'll get it in the next one. But, but, you know, it's like the action would be cool, but I think we would feel so fatigued. Yeah. Well, I remember seeing an article before this movie came out where Chad Stahelski said, I want people to have action fatigue when they watch this movie. Yeah. Yeah. And I was, before seeing the movie, I was like, that's so cool. Like, oh man, he's just like really pushing it. He wants to punch it full of action. And then when I left the movie, I was like, maybe you shouldn't strive to give people action fatigue. (laughs) (laughs) Because I felt it. It became fatigue for me. Because I I sort of feel like uh, if several of these action scenes, specifically the last, the, the storming of the Continental the samurai like glass scene and the dog scene if those three scenes were like five minutes less yeah or maybe more like three because i you know it's hard to keep track of time and action i think that the movie would be like 10 percent better for me yeah I would, those fight scenes are just so long i would agree I, I feel like there's a lot of uh repetition in this movie like uh you know yeah for instance multiple horse kicks one would have been fine and we could have brushed past it very easily but then they did multiple and we're like all right it didn't look good once (laughs) it didn't look good twice (laughs) and then um you know then they then they go into him on a horse and motorcycle scene and we haven't gotten to it i forgot about that later down the line oh there's another motorcycle scene like yeah right and and I maybe yeah. maybe that's where the pairing like you talked about earlier the first motorcycle scene it's him on a horse it's cowboy western the second motorcycle scene uh, there's you know samurai or guys with katanas or the whatever the the specific name is for the shorter katana blade I apologize I do not know I wish that. I forgot to look it up yeah uh but He's, you know, he's he's on the motorcycle. All right, dude, he's on the motorcycle, and uh, is your dog attacking you right now? Yeah, he's he wants. All- he's like, I know what the sword's called. <laughs> <laughs> it's called pet me, damn it! I'm like, ah, ugh, ah. <laughs> but the second motorcycle scene, it's it, I could see that being the 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 nod to the samurai stuff, but at the same yeah. time, yeah, you've got two motorcycle scenes, like, yeah, yeah, that's a really good point, yeah. That also kind of contributes to the fatigue a little bit. Definitely. Definitely. When we get to so it. When does. When we get yeah. to it, I want to bring up the, the skulls and the glass cases. I just want to make a note now. Yeah. Oh. When we, oh. <laughs> when we get to <laughs> yes, it. Yes, I know what you're going to say. Wait, save it. Save it. Yeah, yeah. we, will, we when, will. When does the adjudicator show up? That's what we're about to talk about. Oh, okay. So the adjudicator shows up. And they say that there's, they go to the Continental and they say, hey, you got one week left and we're taking the Continental away. Because he gave, uh, Winston gave John Wick one hour. Now, this is going to bring up something that, again, I I think a quick writing fix on this movie would make it 10% better for me. Okay, the, the adjudicator seems like, an annoying person, right? The whole movie... Which they're supposed to be annoying. Yeah, you're like, the adjudicator's annoying. Mm-hmm. But this this whole series, they keep saying rules, 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 rules. And I'm sitting there and I'm going, they're just following the rules. 
and the adjudicator themselves is not even like uh, they're they're A bad not guy. Even, they're not, yeah, they're not even doing anything necessarily evil. So I just feel like it, such an easy fix on this movie would be to have a scene mm-hmm. where the adjudicators like kill someone that didn't do anything wrong. So the whole movie, you just hate them. Yeah. And so then when this finally comes to fruition, you're just like, oh man, I hope they get theirs. But but the whole time, yeah. I, it, this time it was not as bad, but the first time I watched the movie, I was just like, yeah, I kind of agree. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I think you're right. If it was at the end of the second movie, John Wick still does something that resolves that story, but it technically like wasn't illegal, but there's a bounty out on him anyway. Yeah. Like like that it's all for wrong reasons. That makes sense. Yeah. But since it's not, it is true. It's like, I mean, everyone's breaking the rules. And they keep saying what rules without rules there are chaos, just like Kramer said in Seinfeld. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, <laughs> yeah, and then and then the adjudicator visits the Bowery King. Now, this is my question for Shane. What is the Bowery? Do you know? Because I we don't. Oh, the what? It, oh, oh, what, what the is organization? It? What is. purpose does it serve? Okay, uh, I thought you meant because the Bowery is like a section of it's like a is t- it part of a town? Like the word the Bowery? No, no, no. I just mean whatever Lawrence Fishburne is in charge of. Okay, okay. It's a made-up kingdom that he made up <laughs> to give him. I am the throne, baby. I am the Bowery. <laughs> okay, so it, this is the thing. Oh, go ahead. Well, it, seem, it, it seems like it's it's a way, it, it's a section of, it's almost like there's this, these tiers, right? You've got the, el- mm-hmm. the elder who's above the high table, and then mm-hmm. below the high table is all of the uh, not managers, but hotel owners. And they uh-huh. each have their yeah. own, you know, section. And then below that is the Bowery, but only in New York. <laughs> like... <laughs> the Bowery makes it. So in the second movie, <laughs> in the second movie, they don't really explain what it is. And it, but they make it feel like they're almost operating outside of whatever this world is. Yeah, which it seems if, like they're not under the high table. Which means, why should the adjudicator come and impose punishment? That makes no sense to me. And I think, so check this out. Listener, Shane, Jordan, if you cut the scene where the Bowery King is talking to the adjudicator mm-hmm. and just have that scene later in the movie where they just come in and start murdering the people in the Bowery section, mm-hmm. I think you'd accomplish what I'm talking about because yes. you'd be like, why why is the adjudicator like having them kill all these people? I liked those people. Instead of showing that that actually they broke these rules and we have to punish <laughs> them. <laughs> if you just show them being like totally ruthless and then also it would clear up this confusion of whether they're under the high table or not cuz yes. the last movie they they said they're not. They he operates his own way. And it made it sound like he was an assassin and he got out and is doing his own thing. Yeah. And I think that that fix right there sort of fixes the movie for me. A big part of it. Yeah. 
And folks, I like this movie. <laughs> and I do think the action scenes are like, for the most part, they're 10 out of 10 action scenes. It's worth the price of admission alone. Yeah. It's just a bummer because the story is really lacking in a few areas. So... So did you want to add anything to that section before we head over to Morocco? Or anything at all. Yeah, yeah, there is there is one thing I'd like to... to I noted this uh, last night after I watched it again. The adjudicator at one point, and this might be farther down the line, but I think it, it, it works here too. Um, she mentions that the course of events of John Wick coming back took place over the last couple of weeks. Me- <laughs> right, right. <Yeah. laughs> Meaning movies one, two, and up to this point in three was like maybe three weeks. Mm-hmm. That blew my mind because he he, <laughs> he 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 gets hurt, he heals at a superhero rate. Like, just what is he go- travels the world? I kind of like that detail, but it is it's definitely like oh, this trilogy is quick. Yeah, like. Like I don't know how the, long the time it, is not far apart. How long it takes to get to to Casablanca and Morocco, but I mean that's at least a a good day, you know, half a day. To, yeah, twelve hours I would probably. Say even, yeah, maybe more. I think. <laughs> and you're telling me when he goes to Italy too. That's yeah, not a quick flight. He goes to Italy yeah. and comes back and goes to Morocco all within like two, two weeks. <laughs> Hey, if you got enough gold coins, you can do whatever you need. <laughs> so yeah, I I do like your fix for the movie because that now that you pointed out and we kind of discuss it, it doesn't make sense. But if you were to get rid of it, it would bring the ruthlessness up uh, of yeah. the adjudicator because the scene where yeah. where the Bowery does get disemboweled or or, or kill, you know, taken apart. I did think it was brutal and unexpected. Yeah. yeah. But it didn't have the gravitas that it could have. And it really it really felt like she so she uh, they show up the first time to tell him everything that they he's done wrong. And then they show up like 7 days later I guess like they said or a couple days later later doing the ruthless part. And it's like what were they supposed to do again in 7 days? <laughs> right, like right. I because there was no cutback in between that time. So it's like they came back and were like seven scra- seven things of the sword for seven bullets. And it's like oh okay was was he supposed to get his affairs in order? She probably said that, but like what does this all mean? Okay, uh yeah. quick quick note and I could be wrong here. Uh I will leave it up to the listeners to tell me I'm wrong. <laughs> but I replayed that scene several times. And uh, they go seven cuts for seven bullets, and then um, zero cuts him. Maybe my count is wrong, but I <laughs> did you count six? I counted six. I counted six multiple times. I don't know if it's the sound or the visual, <laughs> but I only counted six, and that bothered me. I counted me. six. You <laughs> counted six? I'm not alone. Yeah, because but- <laughs> when we were watching it last night, I was like. He did cut him seven times, right? And Michael says, I, I thought yeah. I counted seven, but I wasn't paying too close attention. So I, I would kind of defer to you two. It's six. Wow. It's six. And it's wow. very disappointing that it's six. It's such a crucial... <laughs> seven seven <laughs> cuts with seven bullets, and then they cut him six times. And it's so disappointing. So that's got to be a sound editing problem. Like, they just forgot? 
I keep saying that they're forgetting things in this movie. <laughs> can can we have if you are a listener right now and you're enjoying yourself and you've not written a review for our podcast on Apple uh, Podcasts, could you go and do that, please? Give us five stars and tell us how many cuts you counted. That's the challenge. You don't even have to talk about our show. Just say John Wick Chapter 3, there were five blank stars. counts. Or five cuts. stars for five cuts. Yeah. <laughs> you, you know what would make me... Uh, more happy than I've ever been is if you told me I was wrong. Please tell me I'm wrong. I like these. <laughs> I like these movies a lot, and and the details I try to let go because you want to have fun. It's just in the yeah. in the review, five stars for them. Tell them it's a great show, and then go, Shane. You are wrong. Please. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so we'll be we will be waiting for that. It usually takes Apple a while to process them, so. When we're in like February, we'll probably find out. (laughs) (laughs) Great. Um, and then I'll look at it and I'll go, "Who wrote Shane? You're wrong." And I'll go, "What the heck is that even about?" Uh, Ah, anyway. (laughs) So we're in Morocco. We're in Morocco. Yes. And we meet Halle Berry. I think her performance is good. Don't really care about the character, though. I have to admit. Yeah. Yeah. Um I do like the the idea that 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 she says um you know you saved my daughter that's how she, he she gave him a marker. I think it's interesting that he basically probably took her daughter somewhere safe. So and she doesn't know. Maybe I do like or the to character. protect her safety. I think that's good. I just don't like the last scene with the character. I'll put it that way. Okay. And we'll get to that. But she's like I can't take you to my higher up. I that's a death sentence for me. Okay. I get that. Then they go to her higher up because <laughs> <laughs> as is the case in in all the movies from chapter two on, he goes and meets with someone and they say, I'm not going to help you. I would never do that. And then one second later, they're like, okay, let's do this. Yeah. So they go and they meet this guy and I hate to say it. They go to the minting station where they mint the coins. Oh, okay. That's kind of cool. And the, the person who runs the minting station, this for me... I think both in theaters and this time, I'm like, okay, okay, I'm getting it, I'm getting it. Maybe a couple weird things. This is the moment for me where <laughs> the movie kind of runs out of steam. I will say, when I saw it in theaters and last time when we watched it, I don't know a single thing that was said during the scene. This is like, like part of Act 2, we're in the middle of Act 2, and my brain is starting to shut off from more exposition. That's yeah, me. and it just kind of feels like... We've been comparing, Shane, the, these two movies to uh, video games mm-hmm. because they're kind of set like a video, video game. You even have a base, the Continental, to like go buy your supplies and stuff like that. And that's a cool thing about it. But this movie in particular is very much like, okay, level two, here's the boss. You got to go to the minting station. You go to the minting station, you have a cutscene conversation, and then you have a big long fight. And then you go to the elder. And then, and I think the minting scene like their conversation they have, I would go so far as to say it's bad. Like, it's, What are they talking about? Well, this, I, 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 I found, uh, I was able to find the first coin ever minted and the first marker ever yeah. minted. And that's not such a small feat to find. Like, all right, what was, <laughs> why are you telling me this and why do I care? There's no, 
there's no there is no substance to their conversation the the substance of the conversation i think is just at the end when he goes your dog is mine now and the witch prompts a gunfight yeah that's but they're coming to him to be like can he seek asylum here or uh, well no he wants to go to the el- does he ask her about the elder no, right off yeah well so he wants he he wants to talk to this gentleman because this gentleman knows where the elder is and he tells okay. he tells Keanu you're going to you got to go into the desert you got to look up at the sun and you just got to keep walking and when you pass out that's when the elder will show himself to you which is yeah, I, I'm I'm okay with because it's ominous and the elder's supposed to be. I think you know it's above the high table and it's this mysterious organization, but it's really kind of. I agree. It's a, if the conversation falls flat and it, I you could have cut this scene. I, you could have cut mm-hmm. and by cut this scene, you could have cut probably all of Halle Berry. I liked her in this, but there's yeah. there's not. Yeah. it doesn't it doesn't really fit for me. No, yeah, and like the their action scene is cool, but I think it is a little too long, and I think it it gets to a point where it's like, so where where are they trying to go? Like, what are they trying? They're just trying to survive in the scene, right? Which I think they are, but it is it's just I get to a point where I'm like, what's happening? Yeah, and I mean, I just wrote this note, and I really am not sure why, but I said the dog fight for some unknown reason. To me, it's so freaking cool. It's unbelievable, but I it's not very like I I'm not really engaged in during that fight. And I don't know why. Yeah. Because it is like a technical achievement. Yeah, it's great. But after about two minutes, I'm kinda like Okay. Yeah, the, like I I think they're in like a bazaar, uh, I would say, or yeah. it, it feels like they're in they're in a square. Um, they move from one square to another square and they do that three or four times. And mm-hmm. yeah. it's that repetition thing again. There is one really cool shot. I, I in fact really enjoy. Oh, yeah. Well, it's, it's a weird one. It's an odd one. Um, outside of the dogs, it's Halle Berry is fighting. And if you look in the background, Keanu Reeves is fighting as well. And they, they follow her, but he just like kind of is, He's he's doing a secondary shot, which oh. I would not have expected a movie like this to. In in oh yeah, in one shot you have both characters, and you don't even realize the second character's there, and he's having his own little battle, and they don't go to it. I just thought it was a fun little, like oh they're actually still you think they're separated, but they're in the same square within twenty feet of each other. Right. Yeah, yeah, I, that, is yeah cool. that is very cool. The the shot I thought you were talking about is is that great shot where she it's like it shows both dogs jump off of that like bale of hay and get those two guys oh, in the same shot and she like so slides iconic. under the thing. It's so cool. So good. Yeah. <laughs> so then he walks through the desert. But before that, there's just this <laughs> I mean, this is like the the guy who worked for Entourage probably wrote this scene because <laughs> Haley, Haley. I almost said Haley Joel Osment. <laughs> Halle Berry. What if he was in these movies? That'd be so great. He should be in the next one. Yeah. Yeah. He is going to be in the next one. I'm going to call him. Okay. No. Um. So what if he? What if he got in shape? That would be crazy. That would be so weird. Yeah. Um. <laughs> so Halle Berry drops him off, and she's like, "John Wick, once again, thank you for helping me with my daughter, but actually, I hate your guts so much." 
even though I was willing to kill like 3,000 people one scene ago <laughs> for you. Okay. I know that she could die too, but then she, then she hands him a water bottle, and this is the entourage like, the guy who worked for Bernie Mac show must have wrote this, because then she takes it from him, she drinks it all up, and she swashes it around in her mouth for a while, and then spits it back into the cup and hands it back to him. And I'm just kind of like, what are we doing here at this point <laughs> in the movie? Like, what? <laughs> yeah. They killed his dog, and now someone's spitting in his water? What is going on here? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, wild, uh, unnecessary, didn't didn't prove the point I think it was trying to make. Uh, yeah. Like, okay, yeah. great, she still hates him. But like you said, they just killed, <laughs> like, how many people together? <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. Uh. But now... I think it's time for you to take over because we're going to go to the elder and you have uh, folks. I just want to set the table on this one. When we it's, left, don't, don't preamble that much. It's not that big of a deal. It was just when we left the theater, Jordan was just like, she, she specifically, this was from my point of view, what broke the movie for so you. So This, so leading up till this part of the movie, I am waning a little bit and it, it is, Part of probably a little bit of action fatigue, although it's cool. And the story is just kind of like, I don't, I don't know what's going on, but I know that he's just trying to stay alive. To me, the the ultimate jumping the shark scene is the elder scene. Because immediately, immediately when I, once I lay eyes on the elder, I'm like, no, that's wrong. You got it wrong. You need to go back and you need to do it again. Because the elder is like maybe the same age as Keanu or younger. And there, it doesn't feel like a, a, because they don't say it, not like a Dalai Lama situation mm -hmm. where it's like a reincarnated being or something like that. So when I hear elder, and I know that's just a title, I know that doesn't mean old person, but if this person is in charge of all of these org organizations, I'm kind of expecting them to be as old as Ian McShane or older. Yeah. Like, you, well, you said you said they need to look at least as old as Ian McKellen, like right now. And I was like, yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. <laughs> so I just think the casting was so bad for this. The actor is good. That's a good actor. Yeah. But well, and I, I I don't think I when we saw it in theaters, I don't know if I thought the young thing, but when I saw him, I was very disappointed. And I yeah. And then when you said that, I was like, that's why. Like, he just didn't look like someone who runs the entire crime organization. He looks like he could be in the prime of his own assassin career. Yeah. Rather than controlling it all. So, I completely agree with you. But, what if... Uh -oh. Yeah, no, no. What if, in the next coming movies, they establish that he has eternal life or he has the ability to... You know, I, I would hate it so much <laughs> because not only not only has the series established that I think every person walking around in these movies is an assassin, meaning what business is being conducted where people have to be killing people all the time. But it also wasn't firmly established any spiritual thing. It's all it's all like symbolic, but none of it's real. And it's all symbolic because people are upholding it. Well, so I, I, I don't I wouldn't buy it. I would only disagree in the sense that in the next act we get <laughs> that. <laughs> Never mind. We'll keep moving. Uh, I would only disagree in the sense in the next act we get 
some of that <laughs> mysticism. <laughs> do, we, do we need to address the elephant in the room? Or do we want to keep moving forward, folks? <laughs> I ripped one. <laughs> My stomach was hurting, and I, I ripped one. <laughs> you looked at me like, is he going to notice? <laughs> It sounded I'm so sorry. It sounded like your 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 whole like house shook, and I'm like, oh my god! It's like did a car crash? Like what was that? <laughs> so you're editing that out? I don't know. It might be too funny. I might need to leave it in. Okay, wait, wait. Continue, Shane. Oh man, ah, uh, where was I? We were talking about. Oh yes. <laughs> mysticism a potential eternal life and how you yeah you wouldn't like that i'm not saying it would be a good thing but i just a random thought yeah but then they introduce mysticism later on in this movie i think to a degree the the disappearing act stuff i don't know what you'd call that but oh yeah what di- what like when he falls off the building no, no when like the people are appearing in b- buildings and stuff huh we'll get to it what like in the well, train station let's Mm-hmm. In the train station. Oh, I just thought that was. It's co- okay. Go ahead. Well, we'll get to it. We'll get to it. Anyway, the elder. Yeah. The elder. I <laughs> I do agree. This is probably where the movie starts to lose me as well because this plot line, henceforth, makes it really confusing for me. It doesn't. Yes. Yeah. It it lays it out so oddly. I even watched the last like ten minutes before we started this podcast because I was still just as confused, and I still am. But, yeah. But anyway, so he's at the elder. He's got a he wants to pay his uh is it his penance? His penance? I don't know. How, I think. That yeah. that's penance. the penance. Thank you. That's what he uses and he cuts off his finger as a sign of fealty uh yeah. for the elder. What? <laughs> so the yeah, the elder so This is this is wait, this is another thing that doesn't really make sense to me. Kind of about this whole world. So like as I've said, there's a, they've established this from what it feels. What they're trying to do is some underground assassin world. When that's not true, everyone's an assassin. <laughs> but like they, it's like this this world that is so like there's so many rules. It is like it's like they figured it out to like live a somewhat peaceful existence within violence because they're all assassins, which is ov- obviously an oxymoron. But it almost feels like maybe even a a certain they've reached a certain enlightenment during this like it's almost a religion it mm-hmm. almost feels like and i i just don't get why the physical punishment is necessary for this organization i know the organization is about violence because it's assassins i know that but it almost feels like should wouldn't this be the time where it's not i don't know i think that's like something where i don't think the movie's doing anything wrong that's just how i feel about it well, yeah. well, that just is a little confusing to me. And to add on to that, the, the, the fealty thing, he has to cut off his finger. Later on in the movie, Ian McShane just, you know, says, can I get, you know, well, hopefully your audience has seen this movie by now. Ian McShane just says he's going to let, you know, let John Wick die. And uh, mm-hmm. the adjudicator goes, oh, you've proven your fealty to the high table. What? Like... Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. He doesn't have to give up a hand or something, or or a finger at least. Yeah. Uh, he doesn't get cut. It, it's a bit, especially inconsistent. especially when 
Lawrence Fishburne got cut seven times, and then Angelica Huston got stabbed through the hands. Oh, I, I totally... F- like, they yeah. got punished. She got the whole... The yeah. Prayer. Yeah, it, it's weird how they just let that go by the well, wayside. And, and... <laughs> yeah, you, yeah, you're both right. That's weird. I did want to point out, in a fun thing... <laughs> oh. As we know from our first episode, Derek Kolstad is a huge Stephen King fan. Yeah. And, and you sort of disagreed with me on this, but I think... And this is a spoiler, a mild spoiler for the Dark Tower series by Stephen King. Um, in the second book, uh, Roland, our, our main character, gets his trigger finger cut off. Uh, both his index and his yeah, finger. On, on his like good hand. And um, I just feel like this was a, one, one of a couple Stephen King references in this movie where Derek Kolstad was like, ooh, I'm going to do the thing that happened to Roland in this movie and i think that's kind of fun it is. and also the adjudicator stays in room 217 which is now that's a stephen king reference the book shining room oh the, the room in the shining book not the movie <laughs> so does it really make sense <laughs> what i mean to say is in the movie it's 237 in yeah. the book it's 217 yeah so that's i think that's pretty much a direct nod he's also like out in the desert roland's in the desert when it happens to him it seems like a direct nod to me. Uh, it was cut off by a little crab thing. Yeah, lobstrosities. Uh, John Wick's was, too. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> so now we're back at Grand Central Station. And I guess we can kind of blow through. We don't have well, to talk about Well, this is the whole Grand mysticism Central. part. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, so I know what you're talking about. That, that Zero is confronting him and saying stuff <laughs> and, and the kids and the, the the class of kids uh are uh, hold hands let's walk by and then th- yeah his assassin appears out of nowhere and then appears on the other side out of nowhere it's kind of uh they just kind of briefly go over this and it's kind of like what and then john wick does a disappearing act okay so i've always i've never took this as a mystic mysticism thing i just took it as they're assassins. They know how to escape <laughs> without being detected. <laughs> <laughs> They're illusionists to some degree. Yeah. Yeah, I've, I've always taken it as that too, but also like they're definitely doing impossible disappearing acts. So if you, I, I suppose if you do want to read into it, and I mean, John Wick survives a fall that they show us it's impossible to survive. Another little problem I have. Um, so yeah, yeah. If if you want to argue that, I I think that's fine because it is becoming a superhero movie by the end of the movie. Yeah. So then they go back to the Continental. <laughs> well, this is when we have the other motorcycle fight scene. Oh right, other motorcycle. Now, what's cool about the other motorcycle fight scene? Yeah. I don't know if you guys dig that fight or not. Love but it. But it's pretty wild, and. When I was watching it, I was like, I know that there's like special effects, but how did they do this? This mm-hmm. is crazy. Because mm-hmm. they're doing like hand-to-hand combat on motorcycles. And you can look this up if you'd like. There's behind-the-scenes footage. Totally green room. Okay. They have all these motorcycles on platforms that are like a foot tall, green platforms, men in green suits. Okay. Motorcycles that with just... And and are they stationary? They're all on wheels, and there are men pushing the motorcycles around. Whoa! 
And so they're, it's all choreography where they're moving these motorcycles and they're all having to fight a certain way and then they move the motorcycle away. That's crazy. And there's, you know, like three, four guys on one motorcycle moving it while there's three or four guys on another one and they're all interacting with each other. Wow. And then, and then they do shoot some actual location stunts as well and then they mix, the, mix it all together. Uh-huh. And that's pretty dang innovative. I don't know that I've ever seen a sequence like this in another movie. I don't even... That's the kind of green screen stuff where I'm like, how do you even get there? How do you, how do you figure that out? The choreography for that must have been just insane. I mean, you, you have how many players involved? Eight or nine guys yeah. on bikes and then probably another nine or ten guys in green screen pushing everyone. Like, you got to yeah. go here and then we move here and then we move here. I now I really dug this scene. I thought it was really cool and, and fun to watch. Mm-hmm. And I remember seeing an article, and, and don't hold me to it, but uh, it, the, the 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 tact that the article was going at was, yeah, Keanu actually had some influence on this scene because he rides motorcycles. He has his own, I think, a motorcycle company where he builds bikes or whatever. And while they're riding it, you know, like, oh, this this doesn't work, uh, you know, fighting wise. Because his hand mm. wouldn't be on the throttle, oh. uh, you know, if his hand was not on oh. the throttle, that wouldn't work. So they like focused in on making sure he was in the right uh, configuration to actually do the fight and that's nuts and make it work. You know, man, that's, that's kind of so stuff cool. you love to hear. Yeah. Oh yeah. Another thing, the the second movie sort of sh- showcases it, but this one really does. This movie wants you to know that Keanu Reeves knows how to reload weapons quickly. Yeah. Because they really spend a lot of screen time showing him reloading in different ways. Like the scene in the Continental when he is loading that shotgun up is crazy. Yeah. Just throwing him in. (laughs) And that's that kind of, I mean, that is that Tom Cruise Mission Impossible thing where it's like, if you don't actually do this stuff, it's not, no one is going to believe it, even if yeah. it's just subconsciously. And that's why, like, when you look at John Wick, you go, like, or look at Keanu Reeves, you go, that is Neo. That is John Wick. Like, they just, he just embodies these roles in ways that I don't think any other actor could have done John Wick or Neo. Yeah. It's so specific to him. Yeah. Oh, and it's very clear, like, they, You've seen, or you probably have seen some of the behind the, the scenes or outside the, the movie stuff where he's practicing multiple hours a day, sh- oh shooting gosh. guns. He knows how to actually like... With that like world champion shooter who's like teaching him how to do it and stuff. Yeah, exactly. And that's what I loved about this movie is when they show him reloading, it's like, oh no, these guns, like they're not like the 90s action films where, oh, this handgun has 45 bullets in it. It's like, no, 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 it, ha- it has a finite yeah. amount. It has the realistic amount. And then he's having to uh, reload yeah. and <laughs> reconfigure to you know use it. And I think in the second one is where they show uh, the, the it might be the second one, where, where he has the shotgun or the, the gun and he's holding it to the guy and he reloads the gun with, yeah. Yeah. At, yeah. with yeah. the guy at yeah. gunpoint. You're like. Like on the guy. Yeah. And it's like, great. This is realistic. This is practical realism and he knows what he's doing and this movie oh they do that a lot and i i loved it Mm -hmm. yeah yeah so now that's that's the kind of lore that i love and want more of yeah 
which is just reality, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> but then the Continental is attacked. So they're ba- Winston is barricaded in his safe room. And talk about a video game sequence, because yeah. the bad guys now have armor that you, if you shoot them in the face, it doesn't kill them. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's freaking cool. I'm all about this body armor mm-hmm. where they're shooting them with like shotguns and they're hardly budging. Mm-hmm. Well, I I loved I love this sequence because you you have the the iconic uh, <clears throat> you know are, are the, the 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 continental gets uh, de de consecrated, deconsecrated. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And so now now work or yeah work can appear uh, work. Yeah. Can appear or happen on continental grounds. You get you get the hotel manager, which is his name Sharon C H A R O N is what I looked up the character's name. Oh, like the front desk guy. Yes. What is that character's it name? It might be I'm- Charon. Charon. Sharon. Charon. But we could also just call him Lance. That's his. That's his name in real life. Well, so they get you know I uh, I need guns, lots of guns, and they get guns and and then they get the iconic uh, John Wick. Sharon, Sharon, C H. Yeah, uh, you know, get John Ian yeah. Ian McShane or Winston tells John Wick, "Do what you do best," and then he goes, "What's that? Hunt. You like to hunt, and I love that." And then, mm-hmm. and then you have the iconic. Oh, where did I put it? You get the uh, the iconic. Is he about to change his background? No, 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 no. Uh, you, I, I have, I, oh. <laughs> I've got information pulled up to the left, but you get the iconic line where he goes, uh, CV, uh, I'm going to butcher Latin, but CV Paseum pe- oh, yeah. Parabellum. And you're like, Oh, it's the, the title mm. of the movie. <laughs> yeah. Which is ba- yeah. It's basically, if you want peace, then prepare for war, which is that whole, yeah. that whole scene in the continental, and what I love about this is they go out there, they're fighting them. The bunch of the Continental uh, staff dies. You think the hotel yeah. hotel manager is going to die with them? Not really, but th- there is a precipice of that in the air. And then they both come back very disgruntled. <laughs> yeah, they don't even like. Charon isn't even talking. He just like walks in immediately, gets that huge gun, starts loading it, and we've never seen him in action. And it's like, yeah. oh, this guy knows how to fight. Yeah. Like I, I didn't know if he did or not. Yeah, and he, and he goes, it's a, it's a, it's a whatever grain slug. It should pierce body armor. <laughs> <You're> <laughs> yeah. Like... <laughs> oh man, such a, that that I think that might be second. Second or first to the the motorcycle scene, it's my favorite sequence in the movie is them fighting in the Continental because it's just, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, it's super fun. Hey, Rebecca. Hey, what's up? Uh, just real quick, we're recording an episode and we just need to know something and then we'll, and then I'm going to hang up. <laughs> okay, what? Um, if you, Is it possible that you could walk up to a horse and hit them in a certain way that would cause them to kick. That would cause them to kick like from behind. Yeah. Like if some, like, okay. Let, Cause I know you haven't seen it, but um, let's imagine that you're, you know, the world's best assassin and, and you know where that spot is. <laughs> and someone is coming up to you and you go to a horse and you basically use their hind legs as a way to punch that person in the face. Would that be possible theoretically? 
Not uh, based on how you're describing it. No. <laughs> like I couldn't. I couldn't slap slap the horse on the on the butt in a, in such a way that it'd cause it to just go boom, kick out. I mean, yes. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> But probably that would be a reflex. Like the reason they kick is a reflex. Yeah, that's the because point. it could be like, you know, if you're smacking them on the butt, you maybe you were like a horsefly because those will bite horseflies bite and horses will kick out because it hurts and stings. So, I mean, so theoretically, if if I was being attacked by someone and I hit the horse in just the right spot, it would cause them to kick out. And not if you, not if you hit them in just the right spot, it would have to be the correct horse. Like if you did that to Rebel, no, he wouldn't do that. So like any just if somebody was sitting there and they saw a random horse and they hit him on the butt, no, that's not going to happen. But if the horse was like Chica when I first got her and she isn't broke and I hit her on the butt because I know she's not broke. Yeah, she's going to kick me because she's going to think I'm being attacked. But a horse that maybe goes around Grand, uh, Central Park all the time <laughs> probably oh, wouldn't do Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I well. train them not to do that. That okay. makes sense. All right, thanks. Love you, and uh, I'll, I'll talk to you later. All right, love you too. <laughs> <laughs> so we got the horse answer. Mm-hmm. From our our in house paid resident horse expert that we we're paying her. Yeah, re, no, Rebecca is on staff, so that any time we can call her and get our horse answers. But we are gonna have to give her a pay cut because she didn't answer on the first try. <laughs> so um, <laughs> on call means something. <laughs> <laughs> or she's on retainer. That's what I. Yeah. That's that'd be a better joke. But you know, if we can't take back what we've said, so. There is the big fight. Pretty cool, but I, I'm just kind of tired at this point in the movie. We still have so much more to go. Yeah. So now I want to talk about the Crystal Skull. Yes, yeah, so now it's glass fight scene. Shane, please, the floor is yours. Okay, so two things. One, what? <laughs> He's gearing up. He is gearing up, folks. <laughs> what? What is that room with the crystal skulls in cases? That's my first question. They kind of explain the. Gl- I can answer that. Well, oh, oh. I think it's the aliens from Crystal Skull. Yep. Oh, wow! So this movie is tied to multiple universes. <laughs> it's an indie. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's why Steven Spielberg got a story by credit. <laughs> <laughs> what is that room? Why is it there other than to have John Wick be thrown into not one, but probably eight or nine glass things? I know. I know. Does this building not make sense to you architecturally like me? No. Where is that? Is the, is the, I don't know. (laughs) It felt from the view they give you, it feels like it's a high rise portion of the, like it's up in the top Mm -hmm. of the building. But then when they place the the safe uh, where Winston hangs out, that seems like it's in the basement. But there's also mm-hmm. there's also a room where they can send bodies to a furnace, which is also in a basement. I I don't <laughs> understand the layout of this building of where we're supposed to be. No, and that part of it I don't care about. I think that's <laughs> fine. But the, yeah, it's, this is so funny because there there's three people fighting John Wick, 
and the, it, it's it's the same shot even Th- this just speaks to like the the bloated nature of the movie because they throw them through one like you're saying and both times i watched it i'm like surely it's not gonna do what i think it's gonna do because the, the then they throw them through another one then they throw them through another one and then another one and it's all in the same shot that i think they throw them into five i think in the one shot and then there's later where other people get thrown into them as well yeah it's wild. And I'm just kind of like, what? I, that's just a weird decision to come to. Like, I, did they mean? It's very weird. I just can't figure out why they did that. I, I don't uh, know in the props department how hard it is to create that fake glass that mm-hmm. I think is sugar, if I'm not mistaken. Like, mm-hmm. But did they mean to like, all right, we're going to throw them into five and we'll cut like three? But they didn't cut three. Yeah, and they just kept all five in, and it just like they they screen tested it with an audience, and they were like, "We want more glass." <laughs> and then there's after after the five or so whatever uh, cases with skulls, which I'm still curious why they're even there. There's another scene where he gets thrown through another sheet of glass, like that. <laughs> right, right. It's just, it's like how many times does he have to go through glass for us to get it? Like, all right, it's he's impenetrable of, of some sorts. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, this this um like layout of all this glass stuff because there's like a desk there and Winston's there at one point and it's like, is this his office and it's like this so that he can intimidate people? I don't know because there's a desk there well, with work on they, it. I think they make a comment. Uh, this is the room where we can see from below to make sure like our enemy like doesn't have a weapon. They make some offhanded comment to that. Yeah. But, Oh, but why? <laughs> like, is this his office again? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, so shouldn't the whole entire building be like that? Yeah. It's if it's a building full of assassins. <laughs> and maybe maybe you guys are really hung up on the architecture here. <laughs> um, it might it might be nitpicky. It's just at this point in the movie, we're an hour and what an hour and a half in, and there's still more to go, and you're still kind of like, all right, how are they how are they going to tie this bow up? And it it's just they keep adding elements that don't help tie it up at all. Yeah, I yeah. I think that's why I start getting nitpicky too. I will say this. This fight with with the two dudes with the little knives. It takes forever. It takes forever, but I do think it's a good fight. But again, it's like you said, they should have just shaved off some of it. And then, because after that, he has to fight Zero. And it's like, come on. Why couldn't he yeah. just fight Zero? And, and w- but, but what I will say about this fight scene in the glass area, and this is what I like about the John Wick universe, these sorts of moments, where he fights them, he defeats them. It's been like... 30 minutes of us watching them fight, but he does finally defeat them. And then they're, they're basically like, wow, what an honor it was to fight you. Mm-hmm. And then he just says, be seeing you. And I, I just like, that's John wick. I love that so much. And I hope I, it, I think it'd be cool if those guys showed up in the next movie. I know they're like really beat up, but it'd be cool if like they popped out and helped John wick next time. Yeah. I don't know. But, and then he fights zero, Kills zero, takes a long time, and then we get to the rooftop, right? I think so, yeah. Yeah, the adjudicator comes down, basically uh, says this was round one of multiple rounds coming. Uh, 
and then they talk about like I don't uh, maybe I get a little confused, but then there's this talk of a parlay, and mm-hmm. and then they go up to the roof. Yeah, and this is where the movie really confuses me. Is this last mm-hmm. major scene in the movie? They're up on the roof. The adjudicator goes to Ian McShane or Winston and is like, uh, so you've proven your fealty, but what are we going to do about him? Gesturing towards John Wick. And Winston goes, oh, I guess we're going to have to kill him. And he just starts shooting John Wick. And that's when <laughs> yeah. that's when you get the scene of him being basically shot off the building and falling in a very... Uh, ho- like egregious fall, he hits a, mm-hmm. a f- well, and that's the that's the glass thing, like we're talking about, where it's like if they showed him, if they shot, and we didn't see him, and then it said, then when the adjudicator comes in, they say, hey, we never found the body. You go, oh, cool, John Wick, John Wick. But seeing it happen, it's like. There's no possible way any human being on Earth could survive that fall. He's dead. Because they show him go, boom, hit the fire escape, and then hit his head on a trash can, and then fall on the pavement. And it's like, he died the first hit. Yeah. <laughs> he's dead. <laughs> That's when they begin But to maybe jump the next the movie, he's Constantine. <laughs> yeah. What did you say? Maybe the next movie, it's Constantine 2. Okay. And they tie it together. Okay. Well, and, Just and don't Shane, cut the hair. I, I got to remind you from, because I was thinking about this last night. For movies, we coined the phrase, it's not jumping the shark, it's jumping in a barrel because of the Hobbit, Desolation of Smog movie. Mm. That was on our Hobbit episode that we, we came up with that. So, and for me, this movie doesn't quite hop in the barrel. No, this movie is like they've. John Wick has hopped into the barrel and Bilbo's about to pull the lever, but they're not quite in the river yet for me. It's so close. Hmm. And I think the next movie, they'll probably pull that lever. Yeah. Yeah. They will. Yeah. It's, I, I. They have. Yeah, I guess they did. I, I guess this moment is, is the pulling of the lever. You're right. It's. The, the the dwarves are going down the river. Orcs are shooting. Legolas is surfing we don't have on to trees. Talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> but and then here's what I'll say: There's one more scene in this movie, and I think it's the worst scene in the John Wick world by a lot. He shows up. Well, first of all, the dog runs off. The dog's fine, so that's good. They want us to know that. I like that. Um, and. John Wick is brought to the Bowery King, Mr. Lawrence Fishburne himself, who's who is like I I love Lawrence Fishburne. He is in a different movie than anyone else is in the <laughs> <laughs> And it's not a bad performance, but it's 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 not what what everyone else is doing in this movie cuz he's like hoofing and hollering and oh, John Wick there you are and it's just like okay buddy and then he says let me see that finger and john wick lifts up a bloody middle finger and you're kind of like what that sucks i hate that joke that's really stupid nice job entourage guy and then (laughs) he says um what, what is his last line 
He says, are you pissed off, John? Are you pissed off? And then John goes, yeah. yeah. And that's how the movie ends. And I think that last scene, is, it is like, it, it, it's like they're making fun of the series. That's how bad the last scene of this movie is. Yeah. Well, and it felt like a, it felt like a repeat of the scene like halfway through the second one where he he hides with the Bowery and they drop him off with the king again. Like it's the same scene, just a little different and it's a lot more of that gravitas that you're like, I, we didn't need this for the final scene. I, you've cut, yeah. you've lost me and I'm losing wind because you've lost me. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I've definitely, I remember seeing this in theaters and the scene happening and just screaming in my head, like, what are they doing? Yeah. Part of that though was like, don't keep making more. And I've like, you might have kind of been like, well, they can make as many as they want. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day with John Wick, we have the first and second movie that are really, really awesome, and I think both have really fantastic stories. If they want to just keep making wait, them... Wait. Uh, both of them? Yes, both of them. Hmm. I tried arguing it last episode, that chapter two freaking rules. But um, <laughs> what I'll say is that... Like, as long as the action is good, they can make however many of these movies they want to make. As long as I leave and at least go, well, at least the action was good. They just can't make them any longer. No. Oh, no. No. Oh, dear Lord, no. But but I'm okay with that. And I know that that may sound hypocritical to some of the opinions on these episodes that we record. But, you know, if you do at least one thing excellently in your movie. Most excellently. it's, (laughs) It's worth watching, you know. So yeah. I love John Wick. I love this series and I'm excited for four. Even after we just talked about how much this movie kind of uh floats the b- floats the river. Does it float your boat? <laughs> floats oh. the river. Floats the river, yeah. Like the barrel. So, like the barrel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I But hey, that's John Wick. Yeah, the the one other one other little note I'd like to before we sign off or get off this is when Ian McShane or Winston shoots John Wick, uh, and then the adjudicator walks away, uh, the hotel manager, uh, Sharon or Sharon or Terrence Lawrence, whatever his real name is, he he Lance Lawrence Lance, we were getting there. <laughs> he leans over to Winston. He goes, "Excellent move, sir." It was just kind of like. So what, <laughs> I hope, I really hope for four and five, they bring, they tie this bow nicely and it makes sense why he made that last minute decision to shoot John Wick off the roof. I hope, I hope they can land, you know, stick the landing because th- yeah, this movie, totally. this movie, as much as I, I picked it apart during this, I really enjoyed it. It was fun. Yeah, yeah. I'll watch it again once I forget about it again. I'll watch it again. Right. Yeah, yeah. It is fun. Well, and and I think at the end he is trying to show that he's he's basically knows. I think he knows that he can't take on the high table all the way. So, but I think he knows that John can. Yeah. So he's like, let me get it out of here. I'll reestablish myself, and then when John's ready, he'll probably he'll. When John builds his army with the Bowery King, he'll bring me back my marker, and then we'll go kill the high table. 
and I'll Ooh. probably be the leader. Ooh. Which that would be cool. I like that thinking. Because I think I like that you reminded me about the marker because I bet I bet the next yeah. movie he will bring it back and <laughs> yeah. use it to I hope get the high table. I really hope it's not just another like little plot hole that they forget about. I know. Like the next movie, it becomes the whole thing is so impossible, and you're just there sitting thinking, "What about that marker? Yeah, where is it? It'll fix everything." Another thing, but yeah, they don't necessarily need to bring it back. But I did enjoy it in the first two movies. Is Jimmy the the cop? And the interaction that that John and John Linguizamo isn't in this. Wait, Common wasn't in this movie. Yeah, Common wasn't either. And Common was cool. Did he... I'm sorry, I cut you off, Shane, but I, I, this movie needs John Linguizamo, uh, the the oh, car mechanic. Oh, oh yeah, him. yeah, absolutely. He he's in this for what a half a scene, uh, where they send out that he, he's not in this one, or is that at the end of the second one where they send out the text that uh, John Wick's going up for? I think he might be in that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I do yeah. agree. He should come back. He should come back. They don't necessarily yeah. need to bring the cop back, but I liked, I really liked the scenes with the cop. And, oh, so you're working again, yeah. John. That's that's a me thing. I, I'll get over that. I do think John Leguizamo should come back. He, he could play a very pivotal role in any of the coming sequels. Yeah. And it would be cool. Well, he's got to give like, him his car back. Well, yeah, it'd be cool if like he did a ton of car, like a big car stunt part of the movie. Yeah. Be fun. Yeah. Well, Shane, hit us with your John Wick ranking. Ooh, 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 ooh. Well, and be honest, you're under oath. <laughs> I need a book to. Pl- we have all of our guests swear under oath before we start recording, folks. I've got my hand on a book. <laughs> <laughs> um, any that just book? looks like a notepad <laughs> it is in fact a notepad but it is a book no, a, a notebook <laughs> but you did scribble the entire bible on it so yes. I guess that counts yes. <laughs> um, I would say uh, whew, this is hard first go around it goes one two three right it just the excitement was there, and I loved it. Second go around, one was fun. Two was also fun, but laughably different because of that whole colors issue I brought mm-hmm. up earlier. <laughs> um, on a rewatch, I think I prefer to watch two over three. Two, two okay. was great because it kind of showcased that. Once you come back into this world, you can't get out of it again. And here's a here's a plausible reason why. And I felt like there was a lot less uh, jumping in the barrel uh, in two <laughs> than there was in three. Though I love the dog stuff. In th- yeah, I would say two over three, but it, it, the margin the margin's not as as large as it might come off to be from yeah. talking about three. Wait, so is one your number one? Yeah, it's it it's it's the basis of why these movies are great, uh, in my opinion. So yeah, so so okay. So I, Jordan, yeah, oh, I would go. No, go I, ahead. Go ahead. I'd go from uh, uh, great to least one, two, three, uh, but I hope that they bring yeah. it back. And four is better than three, and we'll see what happens. Yeah, 
for me, the first one's the best one. And then I feel like two and three are like neck and neck. What? For me. crazy, Jordan. You really changed your your views on I know. And so to me, I'm trying to just think of which one has crazier action because they both have such crazy action. And I think I like the action more in the third one. I think. I think. Well, we're all going to have different ratings here. So as of this moment, one, three, two. Wow. For me. And I'm going base. Sorry. I'm going purely on action because I can't go on story. I'm going, I'm going two, one, three. Wow. Number two has always been my favorite and I think it rules and it exists and it proves people wrong when they say sequels are never better than the original. Cool. Uh, it, it's always, because I will say every time I watch John Wick 1, I love John Wick 1, but it does, there's like a point in the action where it kind of lulls a little bit for me. And John Wick 2 never does that. And every time I watch John Wick 2, I'm just like, this one's so much better than 1. And 1 is so good. So, okay, I love 2. Now, folks, before we wrap up, two quick things. One, go to patreon.com slash Micah McCaw. Get your bonus episodes. Okay, we cover movies that have only one sequel. It's MPU the sequel. You can sign up for as little as $3 a month. Do it. Shane's on an episode where we did just a random movie, The Kid Who Would Be King. It's a very funny episode. I'd encourage you to listen (laughs) to that if you want more Shane. And then secondly, next week, we begin our 10-episode series on, on our most requested series ever. People ask us to cover this all the time. And we're finally doing it. We're putting our keys in the ignition, and we're going to see how fast (laughs) and how furious we can go. Next week, it's Fast and Furious, or The Fast and The Furious, I think is the first movie. We're covering the Fast Saga, folks. You asked for it. We're giving it to you. And you better like it, whether or not I like it. Now, And Jordan and I have never seen these movies, so we're going in blind. Uh I've seen Tokyo Drift one time when it came out, I've seen and that's it. Part of one. <laughs> so this is completely new, which is I don't think we've ever covered a series where we haven't seen at least one or two. Yeah. So this is like, well, I mean, I guess I have seen Tokyo Drift, so I have seen one. But so, so quick question: uh, you, <laughs> e- episodes back, uh, I forget which one uh-huh. you've, you've uh, asked the audience. You know, I think this was when nine was coming out. You know, should you just jump in at nine? Uh, it sounds like you haven't, which I don't think no. you should not just jump in towards middle or end. I think you need to absolutely live the saga, you know, experience it as best you can. Though you've seen three, that indicates nothing uh, going through the list. Yeah. And it was so long ago, I don't I don't even know the plot. I'm very excited for you you two to do this series and to get your takes on it. I won't I won't tell you hmm. my thoughts on it because it doesn't matter but i'm very excited hmm. i think you you will have more fun than you th- you think you'll have uh oh i hope you're okay right. i hope i hope you're right because i'm i'm a little scared because everyone who tells us to cover it is like oh you guys are gonna love it once you get to like you know the middle movies and start going and I'm just like, what if we just don't like any of them? Yeah. And and our whole audience is just kind of like annoyed with us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
I think you'll have your ups and downs, and you'll you'll see why. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, you you will have fun. I promise you by by p- p- portions of it, not all of it, but portions of it. <laughs> That's good to know. All right. Well, Shane, do you have anything you want to plug? Yeah. Uh, go support your local library. I always forget about uh, mine that are around here. And uh, recently I was thinking, oh, I want to rent, you know, I want to buy this book. I was told to read it or whatnot. Mm-hmm. And then I go look at my local library. Oh, they have it. Or in my case, I'm in a greater, I'm in the greater Seattle area. So it's, you know, more libraries and whatnot. But uh, if they don't have the book I want, they'll ship it around for free and get it to me. No cost to me. Uh, you can get movies, audiobooks, at least with my library. So I encourage your listeners, as you guys have before, to the library is a great resource for when you don't necessarily want to, I don't know, rent, <laughs> rent a certain movie mm-hmm. or rent a series or you want to listen to an audiobook, there's a good chance they might have that depending on your location. So that would be what I would plug. Yep. Blockbuster wow. is still a thing. What a wholesome local library. Wholesome pl- plug from Little Man Shane. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks for listening everyone. We'll Thank see you. you next week. Be seeing you both. Thank you.